0: Back with you for another Bible Thump And I want to just say happy 4th of July So let's talk about uh, Jesus for president uh, So it's that time of year when um, People are feeling patriotic Or maybe you're feeling um, Depressed Because of because uh, you don't feel patriotic and you feel like you're supposed to, but you just don't feel proud of your country or or maybe you don't feel like um, America is all that it should be. I don't know where you're at on the 4th of July. Um, there's a lot of people with a lot of different emotions. And guess what? Um, Jesus meets us each where we're at, um, however we're feeling, and offers us hope. So uh, whether you're super like jazzed and pumped up and are going to blow some stuff up this 4th of July and celebrate America Uh, or whether you're um, this sort of a more cerebral day or a more um, this is a day when you kind of mourn. Uh, Well, I don't know. I don't know what the Fourth of July is like for you. But wherever you're at, um, I believe that Jesus wants to meet you uh, where you're at from his word. So let's jump in. Let's talk about Jesus, (laughs) making a case for Jesus for president. Um, I'm sort of joking and sort of not. But I think the passage we're going to look at is about how Jesus is a far different leader. And a far better leader than we think. Uh, he's a king, uh, but he's a far better, far wiser, uh, far more different king than most people think he is or think he w- or thought at the time that he was going to be. Uh, so let's, let's read Mark chapter 8, starting in verse 11. The Pharisees came and began to argue with him, with Jesus, demanding him a sign from heaven to test him. Sighing deeply in his spirit, he said, why does this generation demand a sign? "'Truly I tell you, no sign will be given this generation.' Then he left them, got back into the boat, and went to the other side. The disciples had forgotten to take bread and had only one loaf with them in the boat. Then he gave them strict orders, "'Watch out, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod.' They were discussing among themselves what they, that they did not have any bread. Aware of this, Jesus then said to them, "'Why are you discussing the fact that you have no bread? "'Don't you understand or comprehend? "'Do you have hardened hearts?' Do you have eyes and not see? Do you have ears and not hear? Do you not remember when I broke the five loaves for the five thousand and how many basketfuls left over did you collect? Twelve, they told them. When I broke the seven loaves for the four thousand and how many basketfuls of pieces did you collect? Seven, they said. And he said to them, Don't you understand yet? Um, so this is a story about the disciples not getting who Jesus is and what he was about. Um, This is a story about missing the bigger picture. Um, And I think that's where a lot of us are today um, in the United States and just in general. Uh, The state of Christianity, um, I think, today is one where we're, in a lot of ways, we're missing the big picture. We're so caught up in hot topic debates and uh, trying to debate about which side of, of various issues we're on, um, and we're missing the bigger picture of the kingdom of God. We're missing the people right in front of us who have needs that want us to minister to them. Like those 4,000 people Jesus just finished feeding. Um, last week we talked about how, um, we, we saw three things from the passage last week from the feeding of the four thousands. One is that we said that Jesus is aware of human needs and part of his vocation as Messiah is seeing those needs and having compassion. And then we also said that Jesus involves his disciples in his kingdom work. They were a part of that process of seeing these people, these needy people fed. Uh, and the closer we are to Jesus, the more likely it is that he will tell us to share or call us to share in his work of compassion, healing and feeding and bringing his kingdom, his kingdom work to a larger group of people. And then that's what we saw too, didn't we? That, um, that following Jesus opens us up to more and more people to take the love of God to them and offer them true hope and purpose. Um, so we also saw last week that our resources in doing kingdom work will always be inadequate. But there's, a good, there's good news. Jesus is adequate. He is equipped to serve us, to um, bless people through us. Um, He's equipped. We're not. But that's okay, because he is, right? Um, So here we see uh, Jesus um, being um, argued with by the Pharisees, right? They're demanding a sign, which is kind of funny because, I mean, he did just do a lot of of signs, like a lot. In fact, you just did one pretty impressive one where you fed 4,000 people, right? Uh, in fact, Jesus seems to um, treat their demand for a sign as a sign in itself, right? That the people of his day, that uh, many of his fellow Jews, that many people who heard his message um, were on the wrong track, Right? That they were determined to go their own way. That they wanted to um, try and participate in the kingdom of God on their own terms rather than on his, right? Um, so Jesus, in in contrast, was establishing the kingdom of God in, in in many ways that were not expected by the people of his day people did not expect Jesus to establish his kingdom by merely preaching and teaching by merely casting out demons by merely healing the sick uh, making lame people walk raising the dead um, they didn't expect him to say things like blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven um, people could not get their minds around the type of kingdom jesus was bringing and establishing his kingdom was radically different from from the kingdoms of men and from the kingdom that just about everybody in his day had in mind and so i think that's why jesus jumps in into warning them about the leaven of the pharisees and of herod um, this of course looks back right to the story of the passover when the Jews had to quickly get out of Egypt, they had to escape Egypt quickly. And so they didn't have time to put leaven in their breads. That was the point of eating unleavened bread, like le- bread with no yeast, with no rise in it, um, on the Passover. That's why Jews would do that. Uh, Jew- and that's why pe- Jewish people, many Jewish people continue to do that to this day when they celebrate Passover, it was to remember this plan of rescue and how God had, um, urgently rescued them out of Egypt, um, but but now Jesus is talking about leaven um, not so much to talk about the right or wrong sort of bread, but to put people on their guard, his disciples on their guard against a misplaced understanding of his kingdom, the type of kingdom he was establishing, um, the kingdom of God coming from heaven to earth. Like, what does that look like? And so... What did the Pharisees want? I think they wanted a kingdom that was like super pure, right? They thought they could usher in the kingdom of God. The way to bring the kingdom of God, um, to bear was to, you know, to, to be really pure, to go out of your way to keep God's law. Like their vision of the kingdom of God was one that was like super strict and religious. That's kind of the vision that you see, um, And what's wrong with that kind of vision? Well, it leaves out a whole lot of people who are currently presently unclean because they don't measure up to Jewish purity laws and the very strict interpretation of those Jewish purity laws that the Pharisees had, right? Um, Yeah, that's the big problem with the Pharisees' vision is that it leaves out a whole lot of people that Jesus was trying to reach and love. Sinners and tax collectors, the kind of people Jesus often ate meals with. Um, But Jesus also warns against the leaven of Herod. Um, I think that's probably tied to this desire for power, right? The Herod, what we see Herod doing in the Bible so often is sort of like preserving his own house and his own family and his own power. He felt intimidated by Jesus. Um, and so like he's kind of a self, he comes across as a self-seeking guy. And so there, there you have it. There's two big temptations that we all face today. The temptation to be like super self-righteous and the temptation to be to power, to be powerful and important and step on people who get in our way. Both of these visions of the kingdom of God will harm other people, right? So when we think about what it means to follow Jesus, we need to constantly be asking ourselves like, is my vision of what it looks like to follow Jesus, is it bringing help to other people? Is it is it um, helping other people flourish? Or is my vision of the kingdom actually like harming other people? Is it actually excluding other people? Is it making people feel like they don't belong and they're not welcome and they can't be a part of what Jesus is doing? That's a great way to think about if your vision of what it means to follow Jesus needs to change. So, So even though this is kind of a weird passage and it can be hard to understand why Jesus is talking about the love of Herod and love of the Pharisees and why he's telling his disciples and he's quoting Jeremiah to them, quoting the Old Testament to them saying, do you not have eyes to see? Do you not have ears to hear? Um, You know, don't you remember? Uh, And he ends with them saying, and don't you understand yet? I mean, he brings up the the loaves and the fish, the feeding of the five and the 4,000, because what are the disciples worried about while Jesus is teaching? They're worried about food. And, like, come on, guys. <laughs> I mean, pardon me will to say this, but, like, I think we're a lot like the disciples. We just don't want to admit it. But, but I think we can, looking back, reading the story, we can go, like, didn't you see what Jesus just did? I mean, he fed 4,000 people. And you should remember when he fed 5,000 people, right? Um, but, again, this is a passage about how Jesus' vision of what it means to follow God and his vision of the kingdom is very different. Um very different from what we think it tends to be about. We want the kingdom of God to be about power or influence, or we want it to be about our achievements. We want the kingdom to be about, like, look how pure and good and holy and whatever else I am. Um, That's the leaven of the Pharisees. That's the leaven of Herod. Um, So we have to stop and say, no, Jesus' kingdom is much broader than that. It's much more beautiful than that. It's much more It's much better than that. So when Jesus quotes Jeremiah at them and he says, "Um, do you have eyes and not see? And do you have ears and not hear? I think what he's trying to say is, hey, you're really close to missing what the kingdom of God is all about. Um, The problem Jesus saw with the Pharisees and with Herod was that they were missing how good, how great, how big the kingdom of God is. It's so much better than political power. It's so much better than self-righteousness. Uh, people were so caught up with their own concerns and, and so unconcerned about injustice and wickedness that God had no alternative but to abandon them to their to the fate of, uh, at the hands of foreigners. That's what Jeremiah was talking about in those verses. He's saying, you're, God's giving you over to your enemies because you've given up on the way of God and the way of justice. Um, and... Uh, Jesus is saying something similar is happening today to those of us who miss the big picture of what the kingdom is about. So I think that's a really good note to land on here to close out our time together. Um what you know what would it look like if Jesus were president? I say that sort of jokingly, uh, but what would it look like? What would it look like if he were in charge? I think that gives us an idea of what the kingdom of God is about. When we can go back and look at the kinds of things Jesus said and did, and that tells us what the kingdom of God is about. Here's some things we know the kingdom of God is about just based on the Gospels. Um, We know it's about the blind receiving their sight. We know it's about the dead being raised to life. We know it's about people being fed and clothed. We know that it's about the kingdom of God coming from heaven to earth. God's realm invading human realm. It's about God taking on human flesh and dwelling among us. It's about God telling us that there's a way to have a relationship with him. It's about um, forgiveness of sins. It's about restoration to God. It's about neighbors being restored one to another. It's about healing. It's about forgiveness. It's about repentance, isn't it? When Jesus preached the gospel, he said, "Preach the good news. He said, repent. And believe for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's about looking at the trajectory of your life and saying, yeah, I've been like the Pharisees. I've been going on that path of like self-righteousness where I've been like here. And I've been on that path going for power and influence and, and doing everything to protect my own brand and my own name and all that kind of stuff. And it's looking at that. The kingdom of heaven really is about repentance. It's about looking at that and saying, hey, that is that's broken, man. That's messed up. That's not the way to live. That's not the way to flourishing. I want to live for Christ and His kingdom and the good of my neighbor. So think about one way today, the Fourth of July, Independence Day. Just envision in your mind, what's one day I can embody Jesus' kingdom values? And maybe what's one way that I need to repent, that I need to let go of like embracing some bankrupt, broken values? Whether it's power, whether it's self-righteousness, whether it's uh, your deep desire for influence. Let go of that and just say, Jesus, use me. Let me be a part of your kingdom and embrace your kingdom values. Thanks so much. We'll see you next time.